Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roar. Um, on this episode, I'm excited to say that it is one twenty three twenty three, which feels kind of exciting. Um, I like the repeating numbers. Um, huge fan of numerology over here, and so if I add those numbers up, it adds up to uh, two plus three is five. So five and five, and five being the number of change, the number of liberation, the number of transitions. And it feels pretty befitting um, because I'm surrounded by moving boxes and getting um, ready to do a big move. Um, moving in with my incredible fiance and I just have lots of excitement about that and um, a little overwhelmed about the process of moving all this stuff and figuring out where and how I'll have the time. And then of course, you know, just uh, navigating transition. And I am also happy to report that on this day, my 101-year-old grandfather um, has fully recovered um, from a really bad fall where he broke his hip. And even though he his blood pressure was a little low during the surgery, he woke up and sent us all a video um, where he basically said, you know, I can't complain. I'm here. I'm safe. I'm content. God bless. And that was just like his message to the family. And I just love that. And I, you know, I reflect on how today I was feeling a little out of sorts in the morning because I didn't know that this was happening. And I was just feeling very emotional, very scared. Lo and behold, it was when grandpa was going through his stuff and I found out um, that he was then in surgery. So I'm like, Lots of things going on in this head, but um, having just gone for a walk prior to recording this episode, I uh, was called upon to, to, to record. And I think today what I want to focus on is the power of reinvention, because I think it's something that might run in my blood. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said about reinventing ourselves, whether it be you know, <laughs> reinventing our bodies um, in some way or reinventing our careers or where we live or how we view ourselves or all of that. I think that there is a whole wellness market around how to reinvent yourself. And I have definitely, um, you know, been like a fly to that light of trying to learn how I can optimize and make more efficient, et cetera. But this is not really the kind of reinvention I'm going to talk about today. Today, I want to talk about how we reinvent ourselves after the storm, how we reinvent ourselves when change happens to us, um, and what we do with that material. So really, I just want to talk a little bit about probably what a lot of us have gone through, um, because we've all undergone some pretty intense few years here uh, with all of the things. I'm not even going to say the word starts with a C, it ends with a D, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's it's made for a lot of transitions. Um, I have a lot of clients that have come to me talking about get, having gotten laid off. Um, and I can talk a bit about all that heavy stuff, but I kind of want to talk about what happens after or what this stuff can be material for um, if, we're, if we're blessed enough to be alive um, after it. So the reason I say that this runs in my family is because uh, you know, my aunt just wrote this book about surviving the storm. I think it's called in dancing in the rain and it's all based on, um, my family and specifically my grandfather's journey, having survived multiple 
hurricanes in Puerto Rico and, um, and just kind of seeing the beauty behind these storms to help um, bring people together, to uh, create synergy, to create resilience. And so that's the lessons that he's learned from these storms that have been so devastating is how to begin again and how to kind of look at life and all of the many emotional hurricanes or circumstantial hurricanes that we might experience and learning what to do next and how to approach it and how to um, take note and, um, and grow in faith and community. And I just really love that because I think that that is something, um, those lessons have, um, have been annexed through um, each of the elements of our family tree. And, you know, despite tons of, you know, <laughs> unhealthy stuff in my family, I think there's also some really immense strength and power um, that I've gleaned from, from each of my family members' experiences and also just the wisdom that they shared, the values, the integrity, um, and the lessons that they've passed along to me in my life. And then, of course, seeing the own, my own hiccups and my own storms. Um, and so, you know, this this more recent one for me has been um, kind of hitting a wall. Um, when I was when I'd moved to another state, I was in Denver, Colorado for a while and, um, you know, was just it was about two years of just struggling to build community, struggling to find right relationships, struggling to, even with my mental health. And interestingly enough, you know, I do astrological, uh, astrocartography, which is the astrology of location. And so I know that it was in that time and place that I was going through some major um, sort of healing some major wounds. And part of that process was unearthing them, right? And sometimes poking them and realizing, oh my God, there's some gravel in this one. And how do I clean this? And, and you know, it was like, as soon as I had learned and woken up to the reality that this place was not for me and that I was being called back to my home in the Bay Area, that life began again. But there was something really powerful about realizing that I was on, that I'd learned that lesson and that staying there any longer was not on my path. It was not on my journey, that my journey led me elsewhere. And it was humbling to feel like I was going to return back because I'd left on the high of like <laughs> a post tech salary and I came back and I, you know, really did not feel confident in my ability to thrive here on just my entrepreneurial um, income and, and then got into pet sitting and then didn't have a home for, for many, many months. So I found myself at this exact time of last year, um, you know, in a state of a lot of devastation. I had just gone through a really intense breakup with someone who just was super unkind and i'll put it at that and um i just been hitting my head against a wall and i recall it was around this time that i decided that i was going to head to california and i was going to going to go on a trip and i was going to reassess whether it was a right time to move back and i recall what a gorgeous trip it was um just heading walk, driving through um, and driving to california and you know, was met with so much love and so much support from community. And I remember just by way of um, 
you know, circumstance and happenstance that everyone needed a dog sitter and because they were going on vacation or a cat sitter and I had free places and free lodging. And from there, I went back to Colorado um, and within a few weeks, it was less than a month, I found someone to take over my apartment. I sold all of my belongings and I journeyed back to the Bay Area. Um, and I certainly had some wounds to lick. Um, I certainly had some big realizations about, you know, the kinds of uh, things that I needed to change in my life, um, the ways in which I was not supporting myself, the ways in which I was sabotaging myself, the ways in which I was being so hard on myself, um, and also just healing from um, healing from the traumas that I'd experienced in Colorado while also navigating all of the um, the blessings that that time brought me. So it took me like three to four months of dog and pet sitting and bopping around and staying in Airbnbs. I think I calculated that I stayed in 15 different places um, within the matter of four months. And around the time that that fourth month hit, um, I had been bitten by a dog twice. I was, I basically was on my couch talking to a friend about how I just thought I was going to go crazy. And she just said, Elisa, you need a home. And so I ended up looking for a home. Um, and, you know, she said, why aren't you allowing yourself to do this? And in a sense, I didn't feel like I was, can I even afford to live in the Bay Area? And I was in such a scarcity mode, even though, of course, I could. And I got this beautiful cottage in Oakland, right between Oakland and Berkeley. And, and this I had literally manifested because within... I believe it was nine days. No, within, within a week, I found this place and I was approved. And, um, and it was just everything lined up once I'd made that decision. And I recall even when I left to Colorado or to go on my road trip, which eventually led me to Colorado, I'd, I'd wanted to manifest a cottage. I kept saying, oh my God, I want to live either between Berkeley and Oakland. And funny enough, this cottage was exactly on the line. Literally, I can walk between Berkeley and Oakland. And, um, and when I signed that lease, I knew I would do it for six months because I had it in my head that I would meet somebody in August. I had all of these premonitions of what I was manifesting. I knew I was manifesting love. I knew I was ready for love. I was ready for family. And interestingly enough, because I'd done throughout the year so many different meditations, I knew what she would be like. I knew how she would look. And it was in this period of literally just a month. I did so many healing rituals, release rituals, all the things I could do um, to get myself ready for love. And I moved in here August 4th. And on August 27th, we connected on the apps. Three days after I'd done a very big release ritual on the beach where I burned all of the disappointments, all of the things that I had failed at, that I felt I judged myself for. And I burn those things three days later, we connect on the apps. Um, September 11th, we have our first date. And I'm here in January 2023 on the 23rd day. And I recall an astrologer uh, this time exactly last year said, by January 2023, your life is going to look so different. And here I am. And in addition to finding right relationship with the most amazing person I've literally ever met, just unflappable, 
um, impenetrable, just incredibly loving, wonderful, affirming goddess, incredible human. Um, in addition to that, because she was such a joyous light in my life, um, I have also been able to manifest, you know, new, a new version of my business where I shifted from career coaching to then astrology, tarot, and and spirituality as my focus, and it's led to five or so events, new clientele, rave reviews for my astrological work, and you know, there's still so much to be done. I still don't feel like I'm rich. I certainly am not. I I'm barely making ends meet from what I want to make, you know. Um, and thankfully, I have a good amount in savings. And I sit here with a ring on my finger full of 49 diamonds. Um, and my grandpa's okay. <laughs> and my body could move even though it's 10 pounds heavier than I want. And I feel as though even though not everything is perfect, it's close to it. And this is reinvention. This is allowing ourselves to ride the wave of change and listening to our intuition and giving up sometimes when things aren't working and and pressing through and healing and looking at ourselves and making different shifts and changes and that's what reinvention is and so i don't know you know i didn't pull out some framework or algorithm for how i got here but i think i surrendered to what was i think that's the main thing and i think i stopped centering and prioritizing the world's perception of what I needed to be doing. And I quieted my voice enough to really listen to what my heart was telling me, what my heart was telling me that it needed, what my manifestations were telling me that I desired, whether it be the cottage, whether it be, you know, my aesthetic, whether it be how uh, of my apartment and how beautiful it is now, whether it be this right relationship, whether it be, you know, a new redefined vision for my business. And again, not everything is perfect. I still sobbed this morning, you know, because of what was going on with my grandfather. Like I am definitely struggle with my self-perception and I still care what other people think about me, but I don't care as much. And I, I really know that even though I have these patterns within me that I'm changing dramatically and the results and the, um, the success of those changes has been my ships coming in, has been my life being redesigned towards and around my desires. And I think that's what reinvention is. I think it's really getting aligned with what it is that your heart desires. What are you calling out for? Whether it be more connection, whether it be a more abundant way of living, whether it be physical health. You know, I feel like this year, it's like in tech, I remember we used to call it spaghetti pasta. It's when you just throw a bunch of ideas at the wall. And that's really what it felt like. It felt like I tried everything and, um, and I was open to everything, but I was also open to adaptation. I read the storm. I looked at the, I looked at the forecast. I understood what I needed to do. I allowed myself time to rest. I allowed myself time to cry. I allowed myself the help and the support and the community that I needed. And I think, you know, 
if you want to reinvent yourself, you have to be bold enough to trust and believe that you have what it takes to make it happen, that you can commit to yourself. I think one of the greatest lessons that I learned this year was balance. And it's funny because up until this time, I didn't feel like I was really a Libra. Like I was like, nah, I'm more Sagittarian because if Libra is about balance and harmony, um, you know, I knew that the flirtatious elements of me existed. Yes, I'm charming. I'm extremely diplomatic. Oh my God, the justice. But balance, I said, no, I'm more like my Sagittarius rising and my Sagittarius moon. I just shoot at the hip all over the place, a little bit fiery. And it's funny because that's not at all how I think I, I come across two people. But I realized that the goal was balance. The goal is balance for Libra. It's not that it's inherent. It's something that we are predispositioned to, I think, as air, it's like, how do I fill up my tank in all the ways? And I think finding that balance and what I, how I, you know, what I put in my head, how I meditated, how I rested. I mean, I think it's been awesome to, to date. And I always say date. She hates this because we're in a relationship to be prepared to marry. I always use date as a catch all. But it's been amazing to be in relationship with somebody who is so extremely balanced, goes to sleep at 930, wakes up at 530, has her incredible fitness routine, um, you know, eats a certain way. Like and that's so funny because like I this year, that was what I, I started off with consistency. I, I got myself in an incredible workout regime or regimen. I signed up for yoga teacher training. I started eating differently. I started sleeping better, you know, and I was finding myself balancing my energy because what I used to do was just like deflate and like I maybe would focus on something for like 10 hours and then didn't have any energy to like do fitness, right? So finding that balance and also being okay with those moments of imbalance is just a part of life. I think that that is one area of reinvention that we have to allow ourselves to stretch and form and mold. And it is so forward, it's not straight. Once again, if I was to rewrite where I was this year, I mean, it's 10 times better than what I could have ever imagined, mainly because my greatest life pursuit has been finding not even finding, I don't even, I didn't even put that out there, but manifesting and attracting my soulmate. And I am just, I've never, I'm like blown away at what I received, at who I'm with. And it's a relationship, not only that I have not experienced because it's so full of love, but I don't think it actually, I've yet to see it outside of this relationship. <laughs> like I've yet to see and feel a relationship this profound. And I know I'm sure everyone says that when they meet their soulmate, but I've never in my life, I don't think this has ever been written about. I think I need to, I think I need to do something for the world to share just what it feels like to be so intensely loved and what it feels like to intensely love, about how it feels for my body, about how grounded and regulating and wonderful and fulfilling and satiating and content making this makes me about how joyous, how we literally, I'm just like, oh my God, not only do I miss this person, but I just, I relish in our connection and I enjoy every freaking moment with her. And I made that happen. Y'all like we, I manifested that I, you know, part of my work this past year too, was proving myself right, which sounds hilarious. It was like, well, you know, I spot a lot about, 
you know, manifesting it and believing that it's going to happen and just trusting it, even though nothing right now in the moment shows that we plant the seed, we believe it to happen. I mean, I was doing things like pretending that my partner was in my bed and, you know, before I even met her and saying, Hey baby, like turn off the lights. Like I literally was doing that shit. I was doing everything I could to make it and believe and trust and say, no, it's here now. And I, I'm like experiencing this right now. And it happened. And, you know, I think we have to be okay with putting ourselves out there, even if it seems silly and allowing and trusting that magic can happen and trusting that like our desires can be manifest. Um, but we have to believe that we deserve it. We have to, um, we have to start to be really, really specific about what it feels like in our body, not what it looks like. I think that that's also one thing. I mean, yes, looks are great, but it's a full sensory experience when we're thinking about what we're manifesting. Yes, aesthetics is one thing about, okay, I want this to look like that. But when we get into our senses, that's where things happen. That creates energy that then kind of goes out from our energetic field into the world. And we start to notice that, we start to feel that, we start to connect. And I think I couldn't have recognized my soulmate if I hadn't done the work to really um, use my body as this grand sensor for my desires and know what it felt like, right? And so I think the manifesting ability is really in believing and trusting and having faith and visualizing and feeling and being extrasensory in our desire. Um, the other thing is rolling with the punches. You know, I think being able to uh, step back, being able to be okay with like having a unique design. I know I'm not somebody that's going to be able to do the same thing every day for 30 days. I'm also working with my own sense of accomplishment, with my own sense of esteem. And sometimes that varies if I'm not actually in a committed state to what I want to do for myself. So, you know, it's, I really tried a lot of different schedules and routines and all these things, but the greatest work that I did was to unearth more of um, more self-compassion for myself, more self-understanding. So I wasn't in a resistant state to what it is that I desired because I found that merely having a goal and being like, you have to now formulate your day around that goal was tough, but it was different when I started to believe that I was the entrepreneur, that I am the creative, that I am the channel, that it almost feels now like my desire isn't just unearthing and unleashing. It's not really in doing and producing and accomplishing. And I think everything that was associated with an old way of doing things, which was I have to accomplish at this level, I have to do make this much money, I have to have this many clients, I started to detach from the goals of the external world and how this would, what success looked like and more, one, get into the meaning of why I was doing it. That's really, really important to get to your why. Um, but also to just say, no, I am an entrepreneur and I am a creative. So what does a, what would a creative do today? What would an entrepreneur do today? Oh, okay. Today, you know, I think every Tuesday I should send out a newsletter because an entrepreneur is consistent. You know, an entrepreneur, um, you know, manages their days around clientele. An entrepreneur actually has freedom to do what they want with their day. Or as a spiritual guide, you know, uh, a spiritual guide often meditates every morning and night, right? And so I think, you know, the book Atomic uh, Habits really helped with that, which is just like act as if 
you are that person. And from there, it's like you're you're not going against your resistance and making yourself produce just for production's sake. You're actually aligning with what it is that you desire and you're acting as though you've, again, that you've had the desires of what you're manifesting, but that you also have the desire of like who you're becoming and who you are. It's just, you're just throwing coins in that bucket. So I think, you know, again, um, really being in that state of manifestation, aligning with your desires, acting as if, um, and, and adapting to shifts and changes. And I think the last thing I'll say, sort of the tri-fold approach here to, to reinventing your life is really to have immense self-compassion and love and recognize that not everything that you think about who you are and about how people perceive you is right. Um, and really, once we get down to the feelings involved, whether it be fear, et cetera, that they're just a feeling and that they're valid. You know, I thought that I should stop when I felt fear. I thought I should stop when things weren't exactly working out like I thought. But I realized that that's just a part of doing big, bold things is that there's going to be fear. There's going to be worry. There's going to be concern. And that's just a part of it. But like, it's it's transient it's like a it's like it comes and goes in waves and some days i'm on top of that wave and on the other days i'm in on the bottom but i know that i can gain my sense of accomplishment by doing maybe one to two things a day that are in alignment and um it really is those small slow and steady steps i feel like you know my north node is in taurus so I've learned, I'm becoming, as I'm turning, as I'm getting closer to 40, because I'm 37, 38 this year, it really is just about those slow and steady. It's about being consistent in our steps and trusting. And, um, you know, I wish I was going a little bit faster than I thought, but in other ways, my life has dramatically changed. So I'm just here catching myself and loving myself and, um, on one end of this reinvention of this last iteration of Elisa and really, really grateful for who I'm becoming and also eternally grateful for the people who have supported me because I can't even believe I haven't even talked about community care. I couldn't have been here without my pals. I could not be here without my partner in terms of the happy-go-lucky version um, of a person that I'm currently becoming. Um, I think I think our people give us wings. I think our people uh, mirror us back to each other. And hopefully we get to do the same for them too. All right. I'm sending you love.